0: Listener gear emails on episode 391 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up the night sky. And this podcast is for everybody else who likes going out under the stars. And we have two people who are Patreon supporters that love going out under the stars and are now supporting the show. Shane, who do we have to thank this week?
1: Well, it's the top of the alphabet. It's Andrew and Adam. Thank you very much uh, for becoming Patreon supporters. And as always, uh, we appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. Um, just helps us cover costs and, uh, we, uh, are eternally grateful.
0: We certainly are. Thanks Andrew and Adam. How are you feeling this week, Shane? You were still a little bit under the weather last week and all recovered. hundred percent. Chris, how about you? Yeah, excuse me, getting there, still a little bit of a cough, but certainly not where I was at this time last year, which was truly horrendous. So with that, we are going to hop into some listener emails on gear. And this is a bit of a reminder that we are collecting your gear observations, questions, what have you, for two reasons. One, Shane is going away at the end of the month and we're trying to do a couple extra shows. Two, it's really bloody cold here and we probably won't be doing any astronomy much for the next few weeks ish and then we'll be into full moon and then hopefully next new moon we can be out under the stars again but uh, certainly in the winter we just don't get out as much Shane
1: yeah it's uh, just the nature of where we live it it is what it is but thank you to everybody that did send some emails here the last week or so uh just telling us about some of the new gear that they've acquired uh you know, around the holiday season, it's not uncommon for us to get, you know, a filter or an eyepiece or something from uh, someone in the family. And it's been fun to read the emails of uh, various things that people have uh, have collected over the, the holiday season.
0: Tim said sent us an email.
1: Do you want to start with that one? Yeah. So um, Tim said, happy new year, Chris and Shane. Uh, it's Tim from St. Louis again. Uh, I wanted to share with you guys the little astronomy related gifts I got for the holidays this year from my spouse. Uh, first thing I got, uh, a storage clipboard for sketching in the field. I can store my sketch pad in it, as well as a couple of pencils and my mechanical eraser. And I have a little bag that I keep my sharpener and soft eraser and other various sketching tools. Next, I got a green laser pointer. Uh, I often find that when I'm observing with my wife or with the club on public nights that I end up somewhat struggling to describe to people where in the sky my scope is currently pointing. Now I can just pull out the laser really quick and just say right there. Uh, And then finally uh, is a new accessory case. Uh, I have a hard case with foam for all my eyepieces, filters, telrad, and all of the essentials for observing but the little bag I had for everything else just got too small, so it was time for an upgrade. I keep everything from power cables to cleaning supplies, spare cheap eyepieces and my Constellation View binos. Uh, It even has a strap on the side for a tripod and a big flat pocket in the back that fits my new clipboard quite nicely. Uh, Just a few little things to aid my sessions, nothing super big and exciting yet, like that seven inch refractor of Chris's. Although I hope to have something in the works in the next month or so, but that'll be another email until then I'll keep listening to your great podcast and look forward uh, to hearing about your first observations with the new gear, clear skies, Tim. Um, so thanks, Tim. I really enjoyed that email. You know, one thing, Chris, with astronomy gear is it doesn't have to be telescopes and eyepieces. Sometimes mm-hmm. things like what Tim was telling us about a real big quality of life improvements while observing yeah. or preparing to observe, you know, with that accessory case, um, and sometimes that type of stuff is more impactful than a new telescope <laughs> or or new eyepiece even.
0: Yeah, I, I had some correspondence with Tim after that, he, uh, sent me a photo of his uh, clipboard and that, that sort of arrangement, which like, I'm always curious to see, like when people are talking about that stuff, because sometimes it's a little bit difficult to imagine uh, what it's going to look like or how it's going to be used in in the field. So appreciate that, Tim. As well, he sent me some photos of his telescope. I think mm-hmm. he's got a, oh shoot, I'm going to get this wrong now, but I feel like it's a 10 inch um, Dobsonian. Anyway, it's a Dobsonian solid tube of, of uh, some sort. And he's got stickers all over it. I I think they're custom stickers that his wife creates. Mm. Um, but it looks super cool. And I, like, I just thought, uh, that was kind of a neat thing. I know my, my old observing buddy, Tim, he used to put, uh, like motor, like he was a motorcycle mechanic. He would put like motorcycle stickers all over his tube, kind of like you would with a motorcycle, you know, like a racing bike, which is what he worked on. Mm. Anyway, he would, he would put stickers all over all of his stuff. And, uh, maybe it's something with Tim's that do that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> must be, yeah.
0: Roger, um, sent us uh, an email and just trying to sort out Roger's last name, D-I-E-R, is it Dyer or Deer? I think I, it's Dyer. I would think Dyer, but what do I know? That's like the one thing with, uh, everything being written out. I have to hear it, but, uh, Roger wrote and people should check out his website. He's got a great newsletter that, uh, I subscribe to and, uh, I really enjoy it. It comes out uh, at the end of my work day. I think for some reason I was getting them on Fridays, or um, it just depends. He just does it for fun and enjoyment. He's a uh, he's a good writer, and the thing that I like about his newsletters are that he usually has a couple little interesting takes, and it's he has a very easy to read writing style, which I appreciate at the end of a long day. I remember the first time I got one, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I can read." You know, whatever somebody's writing about at the end of like my workday, my brain can be pretty fried. And uh, then when I got that, I was like, oh, like that. It's just like a nice little. He just takes like a couple little uh, tidbits and then kind of wraps some easy to read language around them. So, uh, Roger Dyer, D I E R dot com is where you can sign up for that. Roger goes on to say, "Hello, Shane and Chris." I enjoy your show and found it about 16 months ago. I'm glad you both are bringing your enthusiasm for astronomy to all of us on Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. I bought a C-Star S50 in 2023, and I have high hopes that the C-Star will introduce the wonder of astronomy to millions of new observers. While the objective is only a two-inch lens, the lens is a triplet meaning better correction and crisper images. I've been amazed at how much I can see with the Seastar, even living under a Bortle 5 sky. The major feature of the Seastar is that it doesn't require extra gear to track objects like expensive heavy mounts or clock drives. It also makes it easy to find objects. All someone has to do is buy the scope, which is about 499 US dollars, download the free app to your phone, and you're all set to jet. The app turns your sea star on and off and shows you which features are available in the moment. Once you align your telescope to the magnetic north, easier than tying one's shoes and getting the scope leveled, not as easy as tying wind shoes. The user picks out an object in the night sky, taps the screen and the sea star does the rest. Within moments, users are staring at what they wanted to see on the screen of their phone or iPad astrophotography The astrophotography feature of the C-Star is what really wows me, and I'm not alone among those who are using it. A user can take multiple exposures of objects, stack the images, and do some fine-tuning later. The C-Star does all the tra- stacking automatically, and there are two firmware updates that uh, ZebWO, who manufactures the C-Star, um, has, uh, has provided. In comparison, uh, Roger goes on to say the uh, the Vixen VMC 200L, which he owns, which is a maxudov Cassegrain telescope, uh, was a lot more expensive and gives wonderful views. But properly outfitted, um, the C Star can do uh, uh, only what what the uh, Vixen could do with with a lot more money. So the C Star is much less expensive. So uh, he goes on to say, in an opinion of one, the C Star has launched. Uh, a bit of a revolution and the little scope will bring joy and excitement, uh, both the night sky and the sun as it comes with a solar filter and uh, it provides uh, an educational opportunity for the the viewers using that. He goes on to say uh, Celestron recently announced that it is building a smart scope with a six inch lens, uh, but that that one is a little bit more expensive at around $4,000. And so he goes on to say the astronomical revolution has begun with these smart telescopes. And uh, he goes on to say that if your listeners wish to view some of the sea star images, they can visit his website, Roger Dyer, dot com, And that YouTube is filled with uh, a lot of images and uh, performance reviews of this little telescope. Thanks for listening and uh, let your listeners know I have no financial stake in the smart scope manufacturer. I merely uh, believe that smart scopes are going to be um, one of the guiding lights in astronomy going into the future. Clear skies to you both. Thanks for listening. Uh, Roger, we really appreciate your email. Shane, what are your thoughts? Have have you seen, I I don't even know what this thing looks like, the C-Star S50. Have you taken a gander at this?
1: Um, after Roger sent the email, I, I took a quick look at it. Um, it reminds me of those, um, what was that other, it, it, like in a similar telescope
0: or something? Anyway, what's that? It was it in telescope or I don't know what I'm talking yeah,
1: about. Yeah. There's a similar manufacturer or a similar style telescope that, you know, basically, you know, it's an imaging thing and it, it comes kind of as a kit. You just set it up, point it North and it does the rest for you. Um, in terms of like acquiring images and stacking. I can't remember the name of it. In fact, there was a uh,
0: There was a listener in California
1: yeah, that was writing this for a while. Yeah, that's right. And he, he was he anyway. That listener
0: should write back in and let us know because that was like a year since we've heard from from them.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think these are really neat uh, telescopes, you know, it it's pretty cool how they work, and they do take a lot of that difficulty out of astrophotography because it does the stacking and kind of all of the the hard work there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you cannot argue with the cost of it. Um, like a, a like a an astrophotography setup can be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So yeah. to be able to do some of that for what was it? 500, yeah, 500 is, uh, us dollars dollars. pretty intriguing. So I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, if I'll ever get one, uh, I've always kind of had this in the back of my mind that it would be fun to play with though, you know, to set up in the backyard and, and see what you can do. So how about you, Chris, what do you, what do you think about it?
0: Well, I, I'm more interested in these than I think people are, are going to expect. And, uh, I'll I'll tell you why. I'm not interested as much in the astrophotography. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I'm interested in is like more like public outreach and contributions to to science. For example, you know, when I, I was looking at a comet back in um back in the fall. I can't remember which one it was. I was going back and forth with the uh, Skyhound Greg Krinklaw on it and got gotta get him on the show soon. He did promise he would come on. And, and I did a sketch and an observation and blah, 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 it's all good. Um, and I would have done that anyway, but in those instances, it would be awesome to have something like that. And there's, there's a few reasons for that. One is that there is, um, some value in getting an image of some things sometimes, like whether it's comets or supernova or like whatever it is, there, there can be sort of some scientific value or um, sometimes it can be so difficult to see it. Like I only had one morning where I could see the target and do a sketch and it would have been nice to have an image to go along. In fact, I think I probably, if I was, if I had a rig like that, that was just doing, uh, imaging and able to cut through some of the haze on the the mornings on either side, I, I think I could have, um, probably had images of it as well, mm-hmm. but see, I don't have the interest or the inclination to go and Go through the complication of setting up an expensive imaging ring, I, I just don't want to spend the money and I, I wouldn't need, um, the level of high quality images and, and to sort of be seeking, uh, that kind of, um, result, right. But something like this, where I can plunk it down and actually get something that's usable that I could, you know, show you, or, or we could put in the show notes for, uh, for an observation. I, I think that would be very useful, you know, that's mm-hmm. my thinking. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's certainly a, uh, you know, I think a good use case there. And uh, like I say, I think it would just be really fun to play with. And um, it's, I suspect it's something you could set up alongside, you know, a visual instrument. So you could be visually yeah. observing while this thing is plugging away, grabbing images for you.
0: Yeah, like I could totally see um, having one of these in the observatory, simply grabbing it, taking it outside, plunking it down and uh just setting it up to to image uh the comets as they mm-hmm. go across mm-hmm. and and you know it, it's one of those things it can take a, like, as you know shane it can take a long time to hunt down a comet and then we have you know seen in in the past many years past 20 years or so uh, several of these comets have brightened up unexpectedly like even mm-hmm. just over the matter of a few hours um but you could spend your whole night every night, just going and hunting down all these comets that might be 14th or 15th magnet to see if one of them brightened up. Uh, because on so many occasions and, and even recently in the past couple months, we've had a couple of comets that have brightened up and done this and I've missed it because I just didn't have it on my list that night or whatever. And then, you know, when I have gone and tried to hunt them down, they fade it back down and it's really frustrating. And I just kind of want to take a look at them. Right. And, uh. I think it could be used for something like that. There's quite a few little use cases. And again, um, you know, for, you know, tracking a supernovae that, that have brightened up or maybe, uh, you know, some quasars and that sort of thing. I could, I can see how I might use um, something like this. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's a pretty neat thing that Roger's pointed out here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: glad he shared it because until his email, I didn't even know that this particular model existed.
0: Yep. Neither did I. Very cool. Shane, we got one from Steve. Do you want to take a read of this?
1: Yeah. He said, Hey, Chris and Shane, I've been listening to all of the old episodes from the beginning and took a break to listen to the one from yesterday, January 8th, 2024. uh, Where you asked uh, about gear or scopes that we got over the holidays. And I've been looking for an excuse to write you. So here it is. Uh, my birthday is a week before Christmas. So usually I get everything mushed together, which is great for the convenience of relatives, but as a kid, it wasn't fun at all. Uh, this year I'm excited to say I've received a Bino viewer for my birthday. Uh, I asked my wife, uh, for one, so thanks. Uh, oh, sorry, let me restart that. I asked my wife for one, thanks to listening to Shane talk about his, uh, and an Orion ST80 for Christmas. While it didn't arrive in time for the holidays, I also picked up an O3 filter. Uh, You guys really are great enablers. Um, I was all set up, or I was all set to go outside, but Mother Nature had other plans. I had had exactly two nights since mid-December in which I could make use of the new gear. One of those nights, I was at work, and the other, uh, not only was I sick, but two of my three kids were sick as well. Undaunted, I forced myself to take the ST80 outside for a test drive, and in between sucker holes, I managed to take a look at Orion. I tried to use the BinoViewer, but in my cold medicine-induced mental haze, realized setting it up on the refractor was a recipe for disappointment without an extension tube. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time or energy to pull out my SCT, so I put the BinoViewer back in the box for another day. Uh, I normally drive a uh, Nexstar 8SE and I'm just dipping my toes into the world of binoculars. Thanks again to your enthusiasm. I managed to find an incredible Amazon warehouse deal on a pair of 15x70 Celestron Skymasters for $25 in November. I'm also taking a second look at refractors, uh, which is what started my passion for astronomy back in 1993, when my father showed me Saturn through a Bushnell Sky Chief II, which is a 60 millimeter refractor. Uh, I wasn't totally prepared for the views through the ST80 with a Celestron 25 millimeter colossal. Um, Or sorry, I totally I wasn't totally unprepared. Um, uh, but, uh, battle goose simply blew me away. I've never seen a star so orange in, in any of my scopes before I've had small refractors and a few reflectors and an eight inch, uh, Zoomel daub in the past. But this little st 80 was just insane. I've been observing and keeping a log of sketches since I was a sophomore in high school in 1994 and that one simple look at Orion with the new telescope left me speechless. I know short tube refractors, especially acromats, get somewhat of a bad rap for misaligned colors, but I didn't detect anything at all. Even when I swung the little scope around to glimpse the moon over my roof, maybe just a hint of purple, but I didn't mind it at all. I was too busy looking at the tack sharp craters to notice. To be honest, maybe Goose looked so lovely because of the acromatic effects of the scope, but I don't care. It looked amazing and I can't wait to get back out and put it through its paces for real. Uh, I stared at one star until the clouds came back and I realized I'd missed my chance to see anything else other than the Orion Nebula, uh, which for my light polluted skies, just West of Chicago, where, where we're portal five to six on a good night, uh, is a small smudge with a hint of detail with snowstorms forecasted for the next week though, I'll probably be catching up on my reading instead of, or instead of, uh, for the foreseeable future. Anyway, just wanted to let you know about my sort of adventure over the Christmas break and to thank you both so much for all of the work you do on the podcast. Can't wait to see what you'll talk me into getting next. Clear skies,
0: Steve in Chicagoland. Thanks for the email, Steve. Yeah. Finally, yeah. uh, anything, any comments on Steve's email before I move ahead? Well, you know, the, the ST80
1: just continues to, mm-hmm. to gain fans and users. It's uh it's a pretty solid platform.
0: Yeah, if you can get one for a good price, I think it's a great little scope. I certainly have one myself. Mm-hmm. Finally, Phil wrote in to say, "Okay, so a response to your call out. I have quite a few new pieces of stuff listed below. He got a Sivany, Ciboney three to eight planetary zoom, a TS Optics Bino viewer, a Skywatcher ninety millimeter Sudoff, and a Ciboney." Uh, solar finder anything there of interest just let me know clear skies and curly fries love phil from the uk there we go mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'm certainly interested in the ts optics Bino viewer that he got uh chris he did send us a few other messages about i think that combo in use with the skymax 90 i believe okay um and it sounds like it's, uh, performing quite well for him. So certainly would like to hear more about that stuff. Um, and just what he, what he thinks of it, and yeah, how it works it. with some of his other scopes, like, uh, the eight inch daub. Uh, I think he still has an ST 80, yeah. um, can't remember if he has anything else, but, um, well, he has uh, an old Tasco. so I'd be curious about, yeah, just his thoughts on the vinyl viewer in different instruments.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how it performs on the eight-inch daub. I had a friend, he bought one and put it on a 10-inch daub for uh, planetary viewing. It was pretty awesome. So
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, and and bino viewers typically work better with larger apertures. Um, you know, the big knock on a bino viewer is they take away light. So, you can kind of overcome that a little bit by using bigger telescopes. And, um, you know, certainly an eight inch daub would be in that category of uh, a good, you know, uh, pretty decent aperture to fill up that bino viewer.
0: I can't wait to try your bino viewer on my seven inch refractor. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to that too. It's set up for it. Uh,
1: The seven inch is set up for it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: by default. Yeah, it's set up for uh, bino viewing. So, or as I will do it, putting in a filter slide because mm-hmm. that, that eats up a lot of in focus that, uh, usually, uh, can disqualify, uh, a telescope from, from using a, a filter slide or a filter wheel. So that's, that's my go-to on it, but yeah, people like the person I bought it from, they only buy them viewed with it. So yeah, it should be cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Anything to add to this uh, short show, Shane, we're trying to get a few together for, uh, your going away.
1: Yeah, Um, um, just thanks to everybody for sending us emails about the gear that they have uh, recently acquired and if anybody else um, has, you know, gear that they've recently acquired or even just gear they want to talk about, um, send us an email, we'd love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, we'd appreciate that. Please subscribe and share the show with other stargazers you know, and you can send that in along with your ideas, observations, questions and astronomy gear to actualastronomy at gmail.com.